The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are leaving higher, Mr. Stark? Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Combo Chronicles. <laughs> Steadily closing tabs as I attempt to host this show. My name is Roddy Cat. And with me tonight, tonight, my man Mamela, the man prepping for NY, his NYCC sojourn, agent underscore seventy. What's up, everybody? NYCC is this weekend starting today. <laughs> Which, of course, we record every Thursday night, nine ish p.m around these parts so you know sometimes movie protocols in effect sometimes we prep for cons or all this kind of good mess but um sometimes can, on the road like uh some of our co-hosts uh, exactly like our co-host um pcn underscore dirt who can be found at pcn underscore dirt on twitter uh pop culture net on twitter ineedcomics.com uh, and popculturenetwork.com and our other host who is not here tonight, because, uh, you know, he's busy hopnobbing on TV sets. <laughs> uh, one, Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8, that you can find him at that address on Twitter. And D-Click Nation on Twitter. That's D-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N. Also, he's uh, running the CB Cron Twitter account. And also, you can find his stuff on dclicknation.com. And, of course, uh comic book resources well you know where his hop and will come to fruition in the form of some articles and of course you can find um agent underscore 70 on twitter and instagram and you can find myself righty cat at righty cat r-o-d-d-y-k-a-t no underscore like the rest of these well like the, the other fellows because you know they're, they're special like that uh news news need on twitter uh, news Nurse Need Reddit on Twitter. Hopefully, the website is I'm still trying to work on, so hopefully that's coming soon. And CB Caps on Instagram. And you can find this podcast on CSPN U, uh, Network. That's called Slither Podcast Network, CSPN.us. Go over there and go check out this show and other shows of Perusings. And you can subscribe to this podcast at... Um, Apple iTunes, a.k.a. Apple Podcasts, whatever. Google Play, uh, SoundCloud on this Coast Leather Podcast uh, feed. And I'm pretty sure we're probably out there. Maybe we'll get on Spotify one day. And, of course, shop.cspn.us to get some merch from this program and uh, for this show and other shows on CSP Network. Some nice stuff over there. Go check us out. And as we begin, as we proceed, as they say... Um, <clears throat> we are going to, yeah, no, right. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Sometimes that's all I need for a, re- a lyrical reference. Exactly, and that, which is my exact reason for, for putting it out there like that. <laughs> um, but yes, as we do every week, we start off with the comics of the week, and we are going to start off with one we both read. Uh, well, one of the two we both read, which I guess will be Champions number 26, let's say. Yeah, that works. Because, you know... So yeah, I so the one thing to know going into this issue is that so well this is Jim Zub's second arc, second issue. Well, start of his first arc, but this is his second issue writing. And the one thing you know if you don't know anything about Jim Zub, um, he's a big into D and D. I did not know this, and he's also matter of fact he's writing a couple of the D and D books. Um, yeah, so he's because if you yeah, if you follow him, you'll you'll see him talking about D and D and um running all over the world and doing all kinds of stuff. So yes, he's he's big into D and D, and it shows in this issue, which is a double well, it's not necessarily double size, but it's a bigger than normal issue, which has our team heading into Weird World by way of uh, um <clears throat> a device called the Siege. The Siege Parallel, not to be confused with the Siege Parallels, because we know how bad that went. Yeah. For uh, for the ex folks. Man, that brought back memories as soon as I saw the name. I was like, oh, wow. Right? right? I was like, huh. Was say, speaking of Jubilee, who we'll get to later. Right? So I was like, huh. That's like, I didn't know there was any more of those uh, around, but I guess, you know, you can, you can make up anything you want when you're writing these things. So, but in the course of this, so if you didn't know, well, I guess if you did not know, uh, a, a couple of issues ago. Wait, so this must be his third issue, I think. Because um, last issue was the the special issue. Oh wait, hold on. It's, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. I just realized it, it is the 25th issue of this. It's not 26. Right. This is the 25th issue. This is what oh. would normally be an anniversary type issue. Right. But ultimately. Yeah. I think this is the the second issue in this arc. Um, technically, yes, because at, at the end of well, see, you could jump on. So basically, it's big enough where you can jump on, and and everything's kind of given for you. But it kind of started a couple of issues back when um, um, the team went to Africa to help out some folks. They ran into Man Thing, and uh, Nadia and Sam got swallowed into this portal. Right. Hence, hence their reasoning to try to go find them. And uh, ending up in Weird World. Now, we start off with uh, Riri having a dream about um, what happened in uh, uh, Infinity Wars Champions uh, thing, which may or may not come back into play. And then we get into the story where, again, we find our heroes going into Weird World. And I guess we're kind of sort of following Riri because she's the only one who seems to remember the fact that, you know, who she actually is when she meets some of the other folks. And everybody else is kind of in their uh, other roles because basically, what happens when you go through the seas parallel? You it's you find yourself as someone different, but you find yourself as someone that you could possibly be in another realm. Is is what they told us, and they all end up as D and D characters, right? So, so basically, see. right? Basically, they get the they get the siege parallel through um, oh, what is this character's name? Guard. Snowbird. Oh, I didn't want to call her Snowbird because it's so similar. Oh, right. Amka. 
So Snowguard uh, has a, a connection to um, the, the, sp- the, the spiritual realm that, uh, that, that gives her uh, the connection to uh, the Canadian wilderness. So the spirit that she's in contact with leads her along the path to figuring out a way to get to Weird World and to get to where um, uh, uh, Nova and Wasp have been transported to. So once we go through there, as Roddy Cat was saying, we are dumped right into a role-playing campaign. Basically. So, which is which is why I brought that stuff up about Zerbin first, which is like, you know, it's like, it's, you you kind of had to figure <clears throat> it, it there for no reason. So, which is cool, because I would, I, to, I told myself when I was reading, it's like, yeah, you know what, I would actually love to run a campaign with, um, like, I hadn't played D&D since, uh, since like, high school. But I would love to run a campaign with with these characters. This is kind of dope, and they and obviously, like I said, uh, when I posted on CB Gaps, like Ironheart has a built-in character name already. Yeah, seriously. So, but yeah, as uh, as uh, as the story goes along, Riri runs into uh, Ed, well, runs into one of the characters, Miles, and his, his also ego as a Shadow Spider, who apparently is a rogue, um, but he doesn't know. Like he knows she's familiar, but doesn't know, you know, who she is because he's he thinks she's the character, you know, and everybody else is basically playing, not knowing their not knowing their their actual outside lives. So it's it's an interesting thing, and then you and start meeting the other characters. Yeah, like and, you kind of see where they've fallen into yes. uh, into whatever role it is that they've been assigned. Mm-hmm. And not everybody, um, as as we found out, not everybody's on the side of good, or at least let me phrase that. The, when they go through the power, pretty much everybody, mostly everybody's looks like to be on the side of good. And there's a couple of people that are trying to find that who shows up in in um in a role that may or may not, you know, what that's obviously going to turn. But you know, they they don't seem to be the side of good at the point. And we see who's pulling the strings in this uh in in this little uh campaign. Right, the the character who's pulling the strings in this is not a uh, an unfamiliar character to the champions. In fact, it's a character that very recently appeared in this book not that long ago, and I'm going to mildly spoil it, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only, yeah, I was about to say only if I only by saying that this particular villain pops up the same time Snowguard pops up. <laughs> yeah, that's a yes. big spoiler. If you've been reading this, you know who I'm referring to. <laughs> Who's also a, a villain we hadn't seen prior to this in a good while? Sure. So, hmm. And I like... And I, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to ask you about somebody else who we see before this character comes into play. I could have sworn that the, um, the mystic person that was with him was um, Mordred. Take a look, because they don't say he doesn't. They don't say him by name, but it kind of looked like him, or it kind of seemed like him, or it could just be some random evil wizard. It's hard to say because of how Weird World has been kind of right. transformed into like this weird. I don't know. It's it, it's a it, it's nice in small doses. The way they were trying to give it to us in big doses before was tough, right? But it's nice that Weird World is there and it gives us this um, alternate world that we're semi-familiar with uh scattered with you know uh you know peppered with uh uh, familiar characters like it's cool seeing like crystal warriors it's cool seeing 
um, you know, these other characters that we're that we're semi familiar with. Which I not being that familiar with because I didn't read Word World uh, when that joint was out, so I did not know too much about it, and I just kind of took it for what it was. And I was also thinking, I was like, well, I guess. I didn't know if Weird World was specifically just like this, or is like sectioned off like Battle World or something where they had like different parts where where different things go on. I think it's similar to that. Yeah, there's different sections that have uh, different uh, groups in in control. Right, because yeah, because the the what little bit I did read of Weird World was like I don't remember it being like that. You know. I just straight up fancy, so I figured to just cut off a section and just like, well, this is a weird world with mm-hmm. more battle world situation. So, but either way, it was cool, and I and I enjoyed this issue. Um, it was good. It, yeah, apparently this is part one of three, according to what I read in the book, or at the, the at the end of the book. So we are looking forward to this campaign and going a little longer. Um. And hopefully it it, it, it uh, keeps that same energy because it's actually it was actually pretty good. No, it was a lot of fun to read because you could tell that Zub was in his element. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, as a matter of fact, um, so much so that I believe so. There's two artists artists in there because the, the the regular artist is going off to do something else, and then they switch into apparently an artist that uh, Zub has been working with on on D and D books. To bring him in on this one, so like I said, it kind of goes further. Uh, the synergy goes further down the line. Gotcha. And the art is good, so it's just, so it's not really you know it's not you know messing with anything, but um, it's just kind of keeping things like you said in his elements and keeping things in line. So it it full read. I enjoyed it a lot. Alrighty, you want to get to the other book that we both read? Yeah, I want to see a campaign and some cosplay with these with these characters. Hopefully, <laughs> there's some figures with some of them. Actually, yeah, because because uh, the Shadow Spider figure was pretty cool. For, was was pretty cool when he when he showed up. So, but anyway, uh, yeah. So the other book we both read is Doctor Strange number six. Right. So we're coming off of a fairly shocking uh, cliffhanger page in our last issue where uh, we had you know we had just come back to earth with dr strange and lo and behold it was no wrong one another dr strange yes so so the the one thing that immediately went through my mind starting to read this before the reveal was that and i think even that first the first page even kind of mentioned as much um that so is this this other Doctor Strange was the one with the Avengers because like I said the first page kind of mentioned something about that but as we saw in what uh, Avengers six I believe it was Doc went off to do some because he said he had to do some other stuff or whatever case maybe and I wonder if this is it so I wonder if this was kind of like caught up with with that and that's how they're explaining it which still kind of doesn't make any sense because they knew well. If if that was the case, Tony knew he went out of space. So how could he have, you know? And then granted, this could have nothing to do with that. But it was just that's how my mind was working in the course of this. So, mm-hmm. And um, because it's like, like, well, Tony knew. So if that's the case, how did he end up being with the group as long as he was? You know, if he was supposed to be already in outer space, depending on when all of that happened. 
but you know, comics, the continuity is, you know, it's, it's here it's, and there. It's a sliding thing. <laughs> I mean, ultimately it's the, what the, what that first page, I hadn't read the first page, uh, recap until mm-hmm. just now after you mentioned it. And it doesn't really say it doesn't, ob- it obviously doesn't explain what's happening. You have to read the issue, but, um, I think what the tease is, is that, when we jump into the first issue of this new series, you know, the costume's different. You know, we're not dealing with that blue costume anymore. And I thought about that, but it's like, I don't remember, but this is like the first time they've actually mentioned it. Right. It's, I would have to go back and see. So that was, the, that was the other thing. I was like, well, it may not be what I'm thinking it is, but at the same time, it's weird that they brought it up. Sure. So, but that being said, though, and in my notes, it was like, well, we Doctor Who now? Because one, the, the, the title of the uh, issue is called The Two Doctors, which is if you're a Doctor Who fan, you, you have seen that particular t- uh, title <laughs> before. Yeah, I was about to say, I am not a Doctor Who fan at all in the least. And even I kind of got uh, 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 kind of a, a tickle in my brain about that because I've seen stuff at Comic Con. Yeah. I've seen, yeah, you know. <laughs> Just kind of notations that that they refer to Doctor Who in that regard. It's probably like an episode title or four. So. It is, uh, yeah, or at least two or three of similar ones. Yeah. So, uh, but outside of that, to get into the issue, uh, yeah, Doctor Strange meets Doctor Strange. They have a battle. It's a mirror match for for, for fighting games, folks. You know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get into the reveal of which actually, you know. I guess the the doc we've been following, Space Doc, as it were, uh, kind of says, "Okay, let's just go ahead and get this over with," and finds out who the other Doctor Strange was, and then you know, and then they disappear. Bats meets Kana, and, and then they go on to try to solve this mystery, the mystery of what's going on with this person. Which the other thing about this issue was kind of funny to me was that so that means that that the other Doctor Strange we find out is apparently. Um, one of his old disciples that he's forgotten, which means that this is like the second time in a year that he is, I believe, a year, a year and a half that he has went up against or fought someone that he's forgotten about. Because I could, I know there was a there was an issue, or or it might have been the annual last year where something similar kind of happened. Now, but they got. Now that you mention it, I sort of remember that too. Hmm. So, but it was, I think it was a good, I think it was a different person. I'm not, I don't think, I'm fairly certain it was not the same person. If it was, I don't remember. Now, granted, they re- they made a reference to, they made a footnote into where this person comes from. Cause yeah, I'm like, say, this is straight out of an, uh, like a, like a mini series or a, or a, a graphic novel or something. Which I'm gonna have to go back and, 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 and check that out. Cause just to see what the, what was the know. title? Let's look it up now. I've got a, just a hot second to do it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, why are you looking that up? Strange. What's it called? Let's see here. I can't remember. I should have wrote it down. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm skimming it now. Here we go. Doctor Strange. No, Strange. The Doctor's out. Here we go. Yeah. I'm gonna take a look at, take a look and see what that is. Strange. Oh, there you go. There's that footnote if you want that. But if you're reading this book, you'd have seen that that footnote, and you'll probably either have already read it and. <laughs> like oh yeah i remember this or you're like what the heck oh of course it's a mark wade uh story oh. and and since mark wade is writing this writing, book, of course he's gonna pull from his own uh his own, his own, own material yeah 
Yeah. So there you go, folks. Mystery solved partially, except for the mystery in the issue, which I got a feeling. I so during the course of the issue, we find out that you know Doc lost his, not didn't lose his memories, but took them from himself to in order to fight uh, a person on behalf of this other disciple who he forgotten about, and now he's gotten his memory back again uh, due to this one other demon's mate. Um. But I'm also thinking, like, well, okay, memory's involved. And, and if you remember a couple of issues ago, Dr. Strange took um, Takana's memories away from her from, from something he did while they were out in space. So I have a strange feeling that something in this is probably going to bring that back. I could be totally wrong. Hmm. But I feel like that's, that, that, that might come up in the course of this. And if it doesn't, I'll be slightly shocked. But um, that being said, uh, Kana and, and Bats goes off to uh, find this one dude that or find the dude that um, that um, Doc fought. I think it was during during that first uh, thing, right? While, while um, Stevens looking into some other things, or I guess going to, going to try and find this person named Casey. Yeah, so. the series from two thousand and ten. Oh, huh. Yeah. I mean there are there are not that many notable Doctor Strange minis. Right. Know? So you know, I'm sure there'll be a couple of that'll that'll float past past folks. But he's basically saying, Hey, you know, you you know you wanna you know you wanna go back and you know, maybe buy or read this and give me some money. No, I'm just kidding. Stop. <laughs> I gotta say that it seemed like Wade was having a lot of fun writing this issue. There was some that, great dialogue in this. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Um, and I see Bat still kind of salty for losing the, losing the fact that he has, he didn't have opposable thumbs. Right. During uh during whatever happened in Vegas, he took he took um took control of uh uh of Steven. And just kind of remarked was like, huh, opposable thumbs. Mm. So I don't know if this was if this was an actual callback to that or not, but you know, I thought that was funny to see. Yeah, but like I said, you know, this this was a uh, you know I I was very much impressed with the writing in this issue more mm. so than anything that was actually happening. I was kind of nonplussed by the whole oh it's a lost student who's uh, behind it all. Real, but at the, but I just you know I was kind of drawn in by just some of the some of the repartee between Kana and 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 Doctor Strange and Bats chiming in and mm-hmm. and uh, the um the one of the one of the parts of the story that um literally refreshes everyone's memory about what happens in that strange um the doctor is out limited series it's little there's literally a mechanism that wade puts into this that's magical that refreshes everyone's memory and we like that mechanism i like that story mechanism yeah it's dope um oh matt speaking of says that uh wang read that mark wade doctor strange mini in 2010 it was awesome nice yeah you are as he tends to do. So shout out to Mac Wayne 97. Who's, uh, who's checking us out as always. We appreciate you. He's probably coming out of uh, New York comic con. Yeah. I think he also mentioned uh, he's at a uh, Viva NYCC. <laughs> so, yeah. Wait, he was uh, going. He said he could, cause I thought he said he couldn't make it. He's not gonna be able to make it. I don't think the rest of the weekend, but I know that he, uh, went today. Gotcha. 
think he's got some uh, personal plans this weekend that popped up after you know we had all bought tickets. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to take care of the present business. So, um, but yeah, so that was Doctor Strange number six. Um, I the only other thing I was going to say was the events of this issue can't be all there is. I, I feel like that there's got to be more to it than just this. You know, like this is got this just kind of not necessarily reeks, but this is kind of basically an opening arc thing. And if it is, then okay, so be it. You know. But I feel like there's got to be a little bit more to it than just, hey, student, he forgot, and, you know, this other demon thing that we're going to find that I don't even know what happened. Listen, it's the perfect opportunity for Wade to follow up on that story. So, yeah, sure. We will see. We will see. This is definitely just the opening ar- opening story in this arc. So we'll see how, how many twists he takes us on. Yeah, and hopefully it continues to be a pretty good one. Uh, so whoa, oh, okay, no, stop. All so right, you, now, uh, we are at the, the point in the show where our paths diverge, and we get to the books that neither of us—I mean, that 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 one of us read, but not both of us. So, right. how about you start off with one of your books, and I'll trade off, and then okay, sure fire soon enough. All right. Uh, let me do rapid fire. I just kind of glanced at that one. So we'll go with sure. Uh, Star Wars number fifty-five. All right. Just keeping it kind of on the Marvel train, anyway. Um, so we're still in the middle of this Hope Dies arc, and the rebellion who got ambushed, well, not got ambushed, who got sabotaged a couple of issues ago are starting to, uh, and took heavy losses already, are trying to regroup and and uh, get themselves out of the situation. And, you know, we still got Han and a TIE fighter, not a TIE fighter, uh, uh, an X-Wing going around, and, um, you know, a few other things happening here and there. But the the crux of this is that most uh, of pretty much everybody escapes and they go off into different places because to, you know to keep things secured, no one knows where the other people are, so they're pretty much everybody scattered off to, to different parts of the galaxy. Uh, there's a rescue with, of course, our our crew because Han got stranded out in space, so they had to go and get him. And so now they not only do they have to find the rest of the rebellion because of, uh, you know, because of them scattering, they also have to find uh, Chewie, who's on one of the, um, the um, freighters and with the Falcon. And so now they got to go and find them. And they're in this um, confiscated ship that they are, that they happen to grab hold of. And they got away, but they they're on a planet, and they had to get help from one Sinistaros, which I'm, who I'm glad to see back in the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I guess they're 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 on a quest to find the uh, the 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 Falcon and Chewie and get back to the rebellion. But before that happened, and, and before uh, they lost contact with the, the rebellion, Mon Mothra basically started giving out their um, their um, promotions. Because as we know, if you if you're you know at some point in Star Wars lore between uh, A New Hope and Re- Return of the Jedi, they all end up being generals somehow, 
And now we start to see where some of that started because so Leah's a general, uh, Luke's a commander, and Han is a colonel who obviously was like, no, I, I'm not I'm not trying to lead this, you know, not trying mm-hmm. to be a leader. So Mon Mothra had to talk about this and blah, 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 blah. So now we start to see where that starts to start, that starts to happen and kind of keep things in line with what we see in the movies, partially. So, you know, it's Star Wars. It's still pretty good. You know, they're it's it's kind of weird because sometimes they do the thing they do a thing where and they also brought up there was a person who's this minor figure weirdly enough who whose name also means hope and since the, the name of the arc is called hope dies I, you kind of got to wonder if this person who again is a small figure in the in the big stream of the thing is probably not going to make it too much longer right and the person almost met their end uh, a couple of times during the course of this issue for being put in the fight, you know, unwillingly or sort of sort of unwillingly. So we'll see what happens with that uh, going forward. And that is uh, Star Wars 55. Nice. All right. Uh, <clears throat> let me jump to DC because that's the only other uh, publisher that I read this week. But surprisingly, I actually read uh, of the five books I completed this week, I read three DCs and two Marvels. So that's a pretty uncommon week for one agent underscore 70. But uh, the mm-hmm. first DC book I wanted to talk about was Batman number 56, which is, which basically jumps straight from the end of the previous issue that ended on a cliffhanger. And that cliffhanger is ring the spoiler bell. You know, I gotta, cause if some people are behind, <laughs> what's been teased on the cover of this week's, issue of Nightwing, uh, the anniversary issue number 50. What happened at the end of the last issue is that Nightwing catches a bullet to the head. Uh, it's not a Sylvester Stallone movie with, uh, with uh, you know, Han from the Fast and the Furious. Um, Nightwing. Oh, God. Yes, you're welcome. Pop culture references. Yes, <laughs> I do remember. <laughs> so, anyway. Nightwing catch, catches a bullet to the head. I rang the spoiler bell. I warned y'all. And I even dropped another pop culture reference in just so that you might not catch that entirely. But ultimately, we find out what we all suspected, which is that one KGB beast or KG beast is behind the, uh, behind the, uh, the attempted uh, assassination of Nightwing. And obviously, something like this happening is driving Batman absolutely positively. Um, uh, I'm going to curse on this uh, because it is an adult show. Sometimes, bat shit crazy. <laughs> well played. So he is on the hunt for uh, KG Beast or just plainly the beast. And, uh, the beast is kind of, uh, you know, he, he kind of went into a weird funk, um, in terms of storylines after that big intro, uh, um, arc that he had way back when, I don't know if you ever read that, but it had some great Mike Zek covers and there was just some great storyline, uh, storytelling in that, uh, uh, arc where, uh, KG beast was, uh, introduced and he really hasn't had too much to do since, but this kind of harkens back to that initial introduction of the character and it brings the character to his origin and, um, 
Batman doing some old school detective work, uh, trying to uh, shake the trees and uh, shake up some witnesses to see if he can get a lead on where KG Beast is. And uh, he runs across some characters from Nightwing's past. He runs across uh, characters, uh, a particularly surprising, a, a particular new god who happens to be hanging out on Earth and is alleged to have been training uh, KG Beast at some point. And um, it was pretty. Uh, uh, it was pretty effective. Uh, it was a pretty effective story in that we had the kind of the parallel stories of Batman trying to find KG Beast and KG Beast kind of settling a particular score with um and unfortunately it's kind of corny but apparently kg beast has uh daddy issues weird right but uh that sort of plays into what um he was trying to enact uh, the type of revenge he was trying to enact upon batman so um all that being said and i definitely spoiled a chunk of this issue with what i kind of obliquely referred to um we get to uh the last page of the book where um, obviously, we are teasing a confrontation between Batman and KG Beast uh, in the next issue or two. So that's where we end the book with a big tease towards um, how we are, you know, a, a big tease to, um, to to keep readers coming back for the eventual confrontation between these two characters. Jeez, DC got some stupid, stupid, stupid character names. But I mean, Marvel does too. But <laughs> KGB is just a reminder of that. Um, well, you want- would you rather have been Teddy KGB? I mean, you know, I mean, true. <laughs> Pay him his money. Oh, I found my ad read. Um- <laughs> I'll get to this. Yeah, I love when that happens, folks. Um, <laughs> actually, hey, you might even have a title up in there. But anyway, um, so yeah, this like this is just a reminder. Kid, I mean, KGB's got DC just got some silly, silly character. Anyway, do you want to go ahead and no, go to the other part? Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Nightwing number fifty uh, is the aftermath of what happens in uh, Batman number 55 and sort of what's happening in 56. Some time has passed because obviously uh, Dick Grayson is healed to a certain extent, um, but not without, not with any magic, apparently, you know, with, you know, God forbid they call up Zatanna or, you know, get some healing potions or something. Um, Nightwing, it kind of played, that's actually a theme that's in Justice League number nine, to be honest. It's a small, it's a small thing that's referred to, but, uh, But uh, but Nightwing is ref- is recuperating uh, normal people style, or at least uh, rich people style, because obviously Bruce Wayne is putting all that he can into his care and treatment. So what ends up happening in the aftermath of uh, uh, of uh, being shot by KG Beast is that uh, Nightwing is uh, experiencing loss, a loss of memory and altered personality as a result of the uh, the horrific brain injury he suffered. And we're taking down uh, a little bit of memory lane with um, some 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 adventures of uh, Robin against uh, the Scarecrow, and that must the you know there the, there seems to be. Um, uh, 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 a tease of, of, of something more uh, concerning that character in this book, because we're dealing with a character who, while daredevil is a man without fear, what's te- what, what's, what's referred, what Robin is referred to in this book as the character with no fear. 
So uh, it's, you know, it's an interesting, you know, I, I guess it's an interesting tease as to where we're going uh, to go with, uh, in this series now that uh, Dick Grayson's kind of lost a lot of his inhibitions and maybe his uh, happy-go-lucky style because he's, uh, he's lost a lot. Hmm. If only Sanctuary was around to help. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Hmm. Which, yeah, the, which actually brings up a couple of things because I wonder when all that's going to tie in, start tying into uh, Heroes in Crisis, if anything. And I wonder, specifically to this, how long this is going to keep. I like, guess this is going to be the new status quo from now on, which I did kind of doubt because that rarely ever happens. Right. And it's um, just weird. It's yeah. A, a weird turn for the character. I mean, I mean, they've done, you know, especially with the Grayson thing, not the saying that that's far out from the character, but, you know, they've done different things with this one. So it's good that they're, you know, trying different things. I mean, this is a kind of a trope that is not unheard of in, in comics, much less in general. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just a matter of what they plan to get out of it with this. You know, or what's the what's going to pay? What's going to be the payoff in this, if any? Right, if any. Yeah, but that is that, and yeah, I may still end up reading this because I was kind of curious about that whole that whole thing, and I had already been spoiled that this was going to happen in the first place. Right. I mean, ultimately, but, where we end the book is Nightwing kind of going for a fresh start, mm-hmm. and I won't say more because. Like meaner, and he's not like a, just a total reverse of himself. He's just like us, like us. Well, he just don't give much of an F anymore, right? Yeah, right. Eh. Yeah. All right, moving right along. Um, let us go to. Actually, I think this one might be my last one before. Rapid actually, fire. we don't have much. Honest- yeah, actually, I can go into rapid fire right now. To be, if we're honest. Spin it up. And we start off with Border Town number two. Um, I, I saw I talked about this book when it first came out. This is the vertical book by uh, Eric Esquivel and uh, Ramon Villalobos. It uh, deals with a town that is actually near the border of uh, uh U.S. and Mexico that also has another dimensional border where demons live that has been weakened uh, and they have been coming into this town in the last couple of issues, biting people and causing a little bit of havoc and of course some of the locals who are kind of um, hmm, I would say for the most part outside of, you know there may be some there's some there's it's a border town let's put it this way if you if you've ever been to one or lived or no one know too much about that it's kind of that and the kind of people who would be in towns like that are in this book so we have a so we have this uh for lack of a better term monster squad of four teens who you know who's kind of been into things but they decide to go their separate ways and uh end up back together at the end of this and you know trying to see what's going on and there's a big Aztec pyramid under a shopping mall so yeah uh juke joint number one this is the book or this is the book written by T. Franklin uh, I think it's a five issue series I can't remember what it is but it is a horror 
spin on it. And I will say, if you go into the book, if you're curious about it, it does have a trigger warning in the beginning for um, uh, sexual assault uh, and uh, domestic violence types of type situations. So tread lightly if you are sensitive to that kind of stuff. But basically, um, we find out that there's this juke joint uh, in the middle of this wherever back in the 1950s that is run by this feudal priestess who um, you know, if you mess around you will get dealt with. Especially if you're a dude uh, and and causing harm to to ladies you will will have some problems in here. Uh, And this book starts uh, you know, this book kind of goes into that. It was actually a pretty, I'm not a big horror reader type stuff, but I was kind of curious of this book for, and there are Cases of nudity in this book. So again, if you know, this is not for little kids. I would, I would just say now, like the the, it hasn't gone like full horror yet, and I'm not sure if it actually will. But you have to kind of still kind of watch out for for what it's um, showing in itself. Um, but it is a, especially if you are a fan of suspense kind of horror, and it is, since it is October, you, you may want to check this out. And not necessarily in you know if you, but if you're sensitive about. And the 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 scenes that allude to uh, sexual assault, domestic violence, that kind of stuff, is not hard, but it can still be triggering. That's why they put the warning in there. So again, something to be aware of. But first issue was kind of give me an impression of like I'm curious as to where the story is going to go. Let's put it that way. So we will probably be talking about that a little bit more. There's definitely a clear message in the midst of this. Um. Last but not least, Cosmic Ghost Rider number four. So I kind of had a chance to skim through this right before the show started. Um, yeah, it's so basically at the end of last episode, uh, last issue, Frank meets what you say? You want to say something? Oh, okay. Um, Frank meets up with uh an older version of the baby he's he's holding with him. And that being Thanos, this grown up person has his, uh, his wearing his old Punisher gear and uh, who comes and takes him away to somewhere else. And that leads to some, some shenanigans by the end of the book, including possibly potentially putting Frank back into a situation he has previously been in uh, during the course of uh, the series. So this book is still kind of crazy, and uh, I've been kind of still enjoying it since not that uh, different. And okay. that's it for me. Catch up. I need to catch up on that series. Uh, the only book that I have left, really, is uh, Justice League, the other DC book that I read this week. Justice League number nine. So very quickly, um, this is sort of an in-between story arc uh, issue and it doesn't really serve as too much of a setup for the next arc. Um, what it does do though, is set up the justice league status quo. Now that the team has quote unquote assembled to borrow a phrase from, uh, earth's mightiest heroes. Um, so they've set up their base and um, they've all set up their living quarters and it's sort of a tour of their living quarters uh, uh, in the aftermath of, you know, in, you know, in, in the setup of this base, uh, you know, we're dealing with some of the aftermath of that opening arc where, you know, they were on this big, big adventure against the Legion of Doom and uh, Batman is basically broken into pieces and he's being literally stitched together thanks to... Um, 
uh, is it Mr. Terrific? The dude there is a Mr. Terrific. Yes. With the T on him, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Mr. I just, I didn't want to misstep and, and call him something, you know, like I wasn't. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. been called in to do medical stuff, even though that's not his forte, but yes. Right, because he's got his robots or something doing the, the, the medical stuff. So, uh, right. But, yeah. Right, so so they've got him in, you know, they, they've got Batman on the mend, and Superman is rebuilding the moon, and there's, you know, some fake threats being called in because Batman is looking looking to kind of um, test the Justice League because he's Batman, he's a jerk. Um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it's, it, it's really, you know, not all that much happens in this issue. It's really much more of... Um, a setup for what the what the, uh, the 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 status quo is going to be at least moving forward for a little while, uh, as they've set up their uh, their home base in the Hall of Justice. So, okay, that was going to be one of my two questions, and my other question is because um, so in Titans, the um, Titans is also set up in, in the Hall of Justice, but their chamber is called this is called Chamber Four Hundred Four, which is like a computer. Know, yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny, um, which I've been meaning to bring it up. So, did so, and I think Justice League Dark has a has a headquarters in there too, like in the basement or something. Which is going to be one of my other things, because yeah, do they set up or even allude to any of the other teams? Because I know so Wonder Woman and and Witching the, the the Justice League Dark is there, and I know they're supposed and that issue of their that um, event starting this week issue also. Yeah, no, they definitely referenced the Justice League Dark one. Gotcha. Okay. So cool. All right. Well, that being time for the week. Yep. And if you didn't think I was listening to uh, Teddy KGB on YouTube, um, that's what those are the words I was mouthing. You know, if you didn't think I was doing that, you are absolutely mistaken. Of course, I was. Jesus. (laughs) All right. So uh, I guess I will go ahead and start because we didn't get any uh, clicks from the other two to the other two guys. At least, uh, actually, let me check and see if. No, okay, I don't nope. Either one of them read a thing. Okay. Uh, huh? It's one of those weeks. Yeah, kind of. So uh, for myself, Champions number 25, because I do love, uh, I did absolutely love that whole D&D thing. Um it, it, it speaks to my geekiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going to actually second you on that. Although Batman number 56 came in a close second. I actually really enjoyed reading champions because it did bring me back to the D and D days. Yeah. Cool. You used, used to play? Yeah, of course. Didn't we all? Well, yeah, a lot of people did, but yeah, I mean, if we wouldn't be doing much of this, if we didn't have a foundation somewhere, I'm pretty sure. Dude. So, <laughs> Seriously. The, the Venn diagram is, is kind of almost a perfect circle. Exactly, exactly. No, there, there, there's no question that role-playing definitely played a part. Although I honestly can tell you I was not the strongest player. I was never all that creative with my storytelling. I think I, play, I used to play, at, well, when I learned in high school, like early on in high school during the summer and played over the phone with the dude uh, as my GM. So that was kind of weird. Well, there was a couple times at the camp, and neither was I. And I wish I could find my old, my old sheets. That would totally bring them back up again. Right, because unfortunately, half the fun for me was creating the characters and combat, and I always wanted to get to combat, and I wasn't so big on 
uh, you know, telling the story and investigating the stupid rocks and pulling on, you know, don't pull on this, but pull on that. Come on. Can we get to the so I can see already? You know? I can see if you were G- GM, you would, or DM, excuse me, um, uh, you would totally have them just all so constantly in the fights. Yeah, seriously. I'd be like, all right, you're going to get some, you know, you're going to reload your weaponry and stuff and get some food and get some wenches. And then, you know, you're into a fight. The next thing you know, you know what I mean? Come on. Yeah. If, if y'all haven't seen y'all, y'all have to um, watch that Keen and Peel skit where they uh, do Dungeons and Dragons. Or they do oh, Dungeons oh. I've got to watch that. That, that is an awesome skit skit because it's kind of something you said kind of played into that actually um i, I see i give you the link when we get up for this so first anywho uh, first ad read of the night yes and the first ad read of the night i'm going to give this a shot and see if i can make it through this ad read uh in uh teddy kgb's voice from rounders and you know i'm going to pull up rounders and watch it if not tonight tomorrow or at, at some point like i'll watch it while i'm online if i have a digital download of it um uh, uh, I watch it online at Comic Con. You know, like I'll be like on a line for some panel or something. I'll be watching it. So uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's uh, Teddy KGB. This is uh, John Malkovich's character uh, in the movie Rounders. So this ad, this ad is for Funko. Fun at first sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles such as their world of famous pop vinyl bobbleheads. Apparel and brand merchandise, custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now, the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, Go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Fun call through cspn.us. Do it today. There you go. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, <laughs> We gotta have fun with this, ladies and gentlemen. Because actually, you almost had a you almost had a, a checkoff from from the new Star Trek. You almost had it. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Malkovich's Russian accent is awful, but he's absolutely yeah. playing it up in that movie. So, <laughs> <sighs> anyway, <laughs> that's too funny. Yeah, you got the the, the news. Uh, the news. Oh uh, yes, news. Crying. All right. First off, we we start off with cinematic news as we like to do, and with oh god, yeah, I'm starting off with this one because this is freaking ridiculous. You're welcome. And I also um, editorializes myself by saying Gambit. Well, 
excuse me, this is the title, but Gambit will be a romantic comedy, says producer. And my, and my notes, I'm like, hold on, hold on. So Simon Kinsberg has uh, said that, um, you know, basically said that, hey, Gambit would, you know, get Gambit's demeanor and such would, would make him a likely, would make him, would lend itself to romantic comedy. Um, like, he's like straight up idolizing the dude. His direct quote is like, when you look at Gambit, Gambit, he's a hustler and a womanizer, and we just felt like there is an attitude, a swagger to him that lent itself to romantic comedy. And I'm like, that's bull. <laughs> but anyway, I won't get into what else I said. Because I'm like, okay, that, that's that's a stretch. I mean, I it's a stretch. But the problem with this is that there is no basis for it unless you're going to delve into his New Orleans roots and uh, and dig up uh, the character Belladonna. Remember that? Yes, and or. Or and or him chasing Rogue throughout the whole of um uh, X Men animated series and actually even now since they're married right know. right but but I don't think the movies are going to be connected like that one to bring in Rogue so it's going to be Belladonna first because that I believe was his wife um, right early on so so yeah regardless that's still mm. yeah I understand I definitely get where you're coming from all right next up Spider- next up. Spider-Man, far. F- I wanted to say Spider-Man, far from home. <laughs> far from home. Photo teases a familiar costume upgrade. So what's teased um, is a stealth Spider-Man suit. Yes, and, we- and if you're watching the video, um, you are seeing the picture that was uh, put out on Reddit of all places. Right. So we will find out when this movie comes out what that actually is representing. Because seeing oh, seeing it in action and yeah and, and seeing whether or not there's going to be special effects surrounding it, so you know we'll see. Yeah, because I don't trust a whole lot from Reddit. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Mm-hmm. Next up, um, Spider-Man. Speaking of Spider-Man, it's far from home. Set photos, videos show off Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio. Now this was a lot more convincing and revealing. Yeah, he actually looks like a weird bootleg Thor though in that picture. With the long cape. Yeah. Well, like, he's just picking up a hammer. What I was going to say is what we're missing is, uh, whatchamacallit, the, uh, the, the fishbowl head. Mm hmm. Which I would imagine they're probably, well, unless it was taken off, it was probably, it was probably going to be CG or something. Who knows? Because mm-hmm. you know they got to give, the, give uh, folks FaceTime yep. some reason. So, yeah, that's the thing. Jake Hall, Mysterio, which, I don't know, that might be a good pick. I don't know. Uh, well, next up. I was about to say, it's an inspired pick. It's a pick sure. uh, Mysterio. Sure. All right. So, Tessa Thompson confirms Valkyrie's post-Infinity War fate. Hey, girl. Still alive! Yep. Her exact quote is like, somebody, so, yeah, somebody, I saw this tweet when you went out. Um, somebody asked her, did Valkyrie disintegrate? And she was like, nope, she's in one piece and thriving. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the with the emoji, so and she has been seen on for it looks like she's been seen on the set of uh, Avengers Four during the reshoots. So that's also you know that's also a thing. That's good. Or at least that's what the rumors are saying. I think uh, that's good. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Avengers Four, 
Yes. And speaking of people disappearing, Chris Evans officially raps playing Captain America. I just saw this like a, a hour ago before we yeah, started. This, yeah, this, this dropped at some point today because he tweeted it out, I think. Uh, I retweeted. Yes, yes, I think I did. Um, but yeah, uh, so research happening for Avengers Ford. Uh, Chris Evans went out to Twitter and uh, they don't have the exact quote. Oh, yes, they do. Uh, it says, oh, shoot. Um, officially wrapped on Avengers 4. It was an emotional day, to say the least. Playing this role over the last eight years has been an honor to everyone in front of the camera, behind the camera, and in the audience. Thank you for the memories. Eternally grateful. And then that was it. Um, and, you know, you, Hey, Evans has been basically doing cap on and off the screen because if you see what followed his uh, his Twitter stream, he's been uh, kind of checking folks, including the current president and a certain stupid ass rapper. <laughs> uh, as of as of late in the time during the time of this recording, so he's been doing some good work. Hopefully, that continues. You know, whatever he continues, whatever he does next. Right. Seriously, like if you didn't think they like absolutely nailed the Captain America casting, right? Um, yeah, I gotta figure. Out, like he, like you, it was kind of one of those things. Was like, wait, did he grow into the role, or did, was he actually meant to play this role? Uh, uh, you know, he just fought it all the time. Yeah, it seemed like he was trying to fight that casting. Yeah. So, you know, like he'd always played like you know, kind of like the goofball roles, but this is what he was meant to play. Or yeah, if you uh, watch Scott Pilgrim, which you should, is an awesome movie. Mm-hmm. He played a jerk, a uh, movie action movie star, right? So, well, think about it. Like he was Johnny Storm, and he was like the immature, jerky, you know, younger brother. Yeah, which I think was before that. Was it before that or after that? I can't remember. Regardless, um, <laughs> it was before. Or yeah, Scott Pilgrim. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that kind of played into that also. Mm-hmm. But, uh, which again, watch Scott Pilgrim. It's an awesome movie. It is good. Uh, all right, next so, up. Yeah, um, well, or if it ends up being the, the end of that. Right. Cool. Did you happen, before I, before I get into this, did you happen to pull news on the new Daredevil season? Uh, the trailer. I don't think I did. Okay. I'll just incorporate it in here. So uh, it's a two for one. So the latest trailer dropped today mm-hmm. for Daredevil, the Netflix Daredevil season three. And, um, What's been, you know, something to note in these trailers that have popped up so far is that Daredevil is going back. He's back in black. Oh, I could have another uh, song uh, tonight. Um, uh, he was going back to the, the, the OG black costume from the first season. And there's a reason for it because uh, this this season is kind of stripping everything that, you know, Daredevil is and stripping everything that Matt Murdock is away from him. And um, that's sort of, you know, bringing it back to basics and bringing him down into a very dark place. And that's generally, you know, the, the psychological state that he's in. And that's what the article that uh, that's in the show notes that Roddy Cat um, uh, references and, 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 and uh, drops in a link to uh, basically says that um, the show is meant to, you know, follow Matt's descent into a really bad place and see him sort of come out of it. But we also, yeah, in that trailer that uh, unfortunately I I forgot to pull, um, we see a few different things happen, including a trope that, you know, 
has happened a good well has happened once or twice in, in comics in general in fact uh, i wouldn't say most recently into batman and an elseworlds thing um at least that's what the the trailer seems to be alluding to because uh and and also we may actually still see red suit daredevil in if that um if what i'm thinking that trailer kind of hints around to yeah yeah you know it's it's a trailer so it's hard to guess where they're going but did you also we've already confirmed in our news uh that bullseye is the villain right um, there might have been something about that, yes. Because, yes, I believe they had casted him a while back, and we, we exactly. uh, yeah. So, we've definitely discussed that in the past. That's not a spoiler, but there are some hints at the role that Bullseye might be playing. Right. In terms of not just being the villain, but what he might be doing in the series. Yes, it's kind of alluding to what I just said, basically. Right. Um, so, there is that. Um, I, and, and for those keeping track, I in the middle of defenders at this point i'm like almost finished Good. i'm like away. so i'm slowly catching up and i guess while we're on the devil devil thing that's season three is going to be starting uh next friday the october 19th it's very soon so caliber six comes out the same day Woo! anyway <laughs> next up. um this is me uh star wars chief Kathleen Kennedy's Luke Lee's, uh deal extended for three years, making a whole bunch of man babies mad. Good for him. So, yeah. Kathleen Kennedy, who's been heading up um, Lucas Lucasfilms for many, many times. <laughs> I like how this article says, uh, this move is a vote of confidence in, 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 in Kennedy, who took command of Lucasfilm after Disney's $4 billion acquisition. So the whole vote of confidence thing is, is, a, is a prequel of um, a prickle illusion, which I, I, I'm, I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, got, she got three more years on it because she's been she's been doing the thing, and you know, pe- and people have been like I said, the man baby has been kind of all kind of pissed, and because they think she's everything that's wrong with Star Wars. Okay, stupid people. Yeah. Thanks, though. Pretty much. All right, so we've got a whole bunch of related stories that I think yeah. we can all smush those next three. Yeah. So John Favreau's Star Wars series is reportedly starting is starting to shoot next week or this week. Uh, actually, yeah, what we find out from the next article, right? That Star Wars, bum bum bum, a mild spoiler bell because it's kind of spoiled in the title, yo. Uh, yeah. Star Wars: The Mandalorian starts production. That's John Favreau's series. The first images and the directors are revealed for the first ever live-action Star Wars series. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, there's a rumor that Pedro Pascal, the actor, is eyed to lead uh, the Mandalorian uh, Star Wars: The Mandalorian series. That is uh, that is uh, who is this from from Westeros? Is this either the the Said he's Oberyn Martell from Fourth Season of King of Thrones, or Game of Thrones. He was in Kingsman, Golden Circle, and he was also in Netflix's Narcos. Okay. Oh, he's also going to be in uh, Wonder Woman 1984. I forgot about it because that's where I, I first remember seeing him or hearing about him. Gotcha. So they continuously pulling from Westeros. That's all I can say. Which hey, you know, Yo, because they don't because they don't film all that often, so those actors and uh, need some work. There is all that too, um, and again, there's a slight bit of synergy. But yeah, so that's the thing. And actually, uh, yeah, and they started 
this week uh, filming the Star Wars thing, so I believe it's uh, they started yesterday. Mm-hmm. So that's a thing. Uh, next up, CW's Elseworlds crossover might end up merging Arrow versus Earth because it was only a matter of time before that happened. If this rumor is, if this is believed to be true, um, so it's a lot easier. Definitely right. So now in, instead of like what three or four different, there'll only be two if you count the DC Universe uh, universe. The shows are going to be because I don't think that, that they're definitely not going to be tied to this. As far as we know. Okay. All anyway. right. Next up, Arrowverse's latest casting means a Flash is going to die. So, yes, we have the casting of uh, Monica Garrett uh, as the Monitor, who okay. uh, folks of a of a certain vintage knows from Crisis of Infinite Earth, which as I remember reading, but don't remember reading the whole thing of. Luckily, DC's got a, a nice, well, had a nice little sale going on Comicsology. You can go check that out. And they got some of that stuff on DC Universe. Not all of it, just some of it. Anyway, um, so yeah, he's the monitor, and hey, a Flash died during the course of uh, Crisis of Infinite Earth. Maybe that's going to happen, possibly happen. It's probably not going to be the one you're thinking of who actually did die. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't know. So, And if it is, that would be a surprise. So, yeah, that's the thing. We'll tune into that in December, I believe. That starts on December 9th. Something like that. Okay. So, aha, I was right. So the reason why I, it... it, it there's just a slight delay in me getting to our next story is that I needed to Google somebody and I needed to make sure that uh, my memory was serving me correctly. And it was okay. I was about to you really (laughs) our next story. Our next story is Jennifer Beals of Flashdance is joining the Swamp Thing series on the DC Universe app. Because I was about to say, so yeah, again, if you're of a certain vintage, you will know, like, as Agent Underscore 70 said, you will know Jennifer Beals as from Flashdance. And yes, because um, like I, I, that was my immediate thought when I saw this article. I'm like, wait, really? They got Flash? <laughs> they got Jennifer Beals from Flashdance, which she has been doing other things. So my, just, of so it's course, not, but you know, some, th- th- there's some roles that are, you know, and titles that are iconic. Right. And that for her is hers. Right. She played the uh, the the uh, not the title character, but she played the main character in Flashdance. Right. Who I'm sure. So, so even if you're not of a certain vintage, you've probably seen uh, you know some allusions to in other places where the new was written from for not. So yeah, so she's going to be playing um, Sheriff Luc- Lucilia Cable on Swamp Thing, and described as tough as nails and pragmatic. Uh, Fierce's cable, uh, Cable's. Fierce devotion to her son, Matt, is also rivaled by Swan which she kind of reminds me of the sheriff from that Starfire series from a couple of years ago, um, whose name was not that. But regardless, that's the thing. Um, I don't know. Oh, yes. Swamp Thing's not until next week, next year. So that's the thing. Uh, next up. So there was an article going out there saying that DC's Universe's Doom Patrol was going to come out this year. And as we've just recently found out, 
that that's not true. It's still going to be the, the according to this article, it said it was supposed to debut uh, on December 12th of this year, but it was originally slated for 2019, which according to the studio, it remains slated to debut in 2019. So, and I guess Newsarama and I don't know who many other places might have reported it saying it was coming out, coming out this year and that being the case. Hmm. Yeah. And I guess, no. Okay. You can take the next one. So DC Universe's Titans has been confirmed for a second season already. Hasn't even dropped uh, it. Right. And it doesn't start until the 12th, I believe. I'm sorry. I think this two weeks away. Uh, so yeah, I think Titans drops next Friday. All right. Sneak peeks this week though. At yes. Comic-Con. Yes. So that's the thing. Like I said, that's kind of weird, but I guess they, they have confidence in it. I don't know what to say. Uh, speaking of DC Universe, only 24% of mobile users who downloaded DC's new streaming app has actually paid for a subscription, according to a new story. Um, full disclosure, I am one of those people who, who paid for a subscription. I don't know why I had to say that. But I, I, felt I, I have not. Yes. Nor have I actually opened the app, but I did download it. Nice. So yeah, so it's worth the mention there is a... a 70- I'm in the 76%. <laughs> right. So, because yeah, there are people who downloaded just to, to just to kind of check it out, or to to do the seven day trial. And this whole article is about numbers that you know whether they mean anything at this point or not. It was worth just worth noting. Excuse me. And uh, what I was also looking for, which it doesn't say here, because again, this is about more like this is an analyst study and more about numbers than actual factuals. Uh, whether there's going to be a console release of DC Universe, but uh, I guess no such luck. This is, this is for Business Insider, so why would that be the case? What is Matt Wayne tweeting at us right now? Oh, is he? Uh, what is this? How did I know? How did how did you have Google? <laughs> <laughs> See, Matt was Matt was with me on that one. Yeah, it's like how did I not know that? Yo, there's a lot on my mind. <laughs> So, granted, she looks like you know very different from what she did when she was you know, when she did that. Right. Stuff. But still, the but name. The name. It's, it's it's all in the name, right? So, speaking of an actress with a recognizable name and a recognizable voice, the question may be answered as Rosie Perez is joining Birds of Prey to play Detective Renee Montoya on oh. the show. And um, it's funny that the show is the is, is called. Um, uh, I mean that uh, what you call it that uh, uh, the the headline was written. The question may be answered because all right. I could think of was Quahog and Quince and um, and and uh, what are the other foods that begin with the letter Q? That's a reference there. What? White okay. man can't jump when she goes on Jeopardy. I know which, yeah, which this uh, the article the um art, I mean the the author of this article mentions that in the question. Oh, okay, that's so, fun. So he was with you, and I was with you too, because yeah, good, good, good. I was like, oh, it's all about the cues. Good yes. Cues. So, but so this is I, I don't know. I thought this was interesting. So I mean, now Rosie Perez, she still looks great, you know, obviously. But and so it, there is no according to this article, there is no question, there is no confirmation as to whether she's going to suit up as the question or she's just playing Renee Montoya. Right. Cause that's like an, uh, that's a later development in the char- in the Montoya character. Right. So man, she's anyway, um, love for some, some Rosie Perez around this part. Um, 
also from um uh, um shit what was the spike lee movie <laughs> what do the right thing yes do the right thing thank you i blanked for a second mookie yeah. yes exactly so yeah we'll we'll see what comes out of that uh, we're all about the pop culture references tonight ladies and gentlemen right <laughs> we have no one from pop culture network here so. <laughs> oh dirt where are you road <laughs> Uh, next up, Ben Affleck wants to play Batman again, says this some report. Um, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, so according to this article on Newsarama, uh, Ben Affleck is lobbying to play Batman in another film, which I don't know. Some Hollywood gossip, blah, blah, blah. We don't know. And whether we still don't know whether he's even going to be in the, 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 um, the Batman, the Matt Reeves joint. Um, especially with his uh, rehab thing going on right at this point. So that's all that's kind of up in there. Eh, I don't... <laughs> I'm dying! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, Next up. Netflix orders a series based on IDW's October Faction. Ooh, very good, Netflix. Wait, do you know this, this book? I Didn't we read... Oh no! Wait, I I apologize. It, it was something different that I thought it was based that that had a similar title with October or something more like the October Guard from GI Joe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Monster hunters, thrill killer, a witch, and a warlock. Okay. More of a Halloween thing. Okay. All right. Um, also worth noting, Bitterroot is still coming out next year. Uh, next up, Image Comics is. Uh, Ice Cream Man gets TV series adaptation from Universal. So before I even mention this, I'm just going to say that you know what? This is not the Ice Cream Man from Eddie Murphy's uh, 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 comedy best special. No, this is not the Ice Cream. Also, not the Ice Cream Man from that said song, which I won't repeat because it's got some cursing in it. Um, which uh, was Master P, if I'm not mistaken. Anywho, uh, I was going to say that you know what? There are so many comics to TV slash movie things going on so far. I'm like, all I want is like sci-fi or somebody to just grab all these uh, or uh, Netflix would probably want to do that, but not really. Just grab all these, put them all on one channel. Just, just, just do us that solid. It's not going to happen, but that would be nice. No, and there's no way they're going to consolidate. There's too much money. I know, I know. But like I said, it's wish, wishful thinking. Yeah. So anyway. Um, Apparently, this is a critically acclaimed image uh, horror series, Ice Man. It is October, by the way, so, you know, there's a bent to some of the stuff. Um, apparently, this is a fairly recent book. It's uh, a Twilight Zone-esque standalone tales of horror and fantasy length by uh, Dark Inu, Inu of Suburbia and the eponymously sinister Ice Cream Man going from neighborhood to neighborhood. So, okay. That's probably why I haven't you no, dropped your no. ice cream. You dropped your ice cream. It's the ice cream man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so did you you did the the Siffy uh, Deadly Class, right? I did. No. Oh, okay. So that's me. Yes. Meet the students of Sci-Fi's Deadly Class in New Stills. So yes, you're watching the the video. There's you know. Yeah, Deadly Class is about the students in a private high school for assassins called King's Dominion School for the Deadly Arts. Hogwarts, it is not. Right. So so there's some stills from it, and that's the only thing that's coming. It actually reminds me of another uh, miniseries that I can't that I can't think of that kind of came out 
rel- started relatively around the same time as this that I thought was good. Anyway, that's coming in 2019 from Sifi Sci-Fi. Uh, and now we get into the comic book news. And we'll start the last one. Oh, that's right. I forgot the. Uh, I had to sing the theme song. No, because I forgot to put the link in there. And as I was all the pop culture references tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. So that being Shira NYCC trailer reveals Adora shares her secret identity. There's actually been a couple other articles coming out about here about what's going to happen in the show because I guess they must have um, they must have shown it at the NYCC already today. Uh, yeah, I think it was today. Yeah. So, and um, this is the reboot for Shira Princess of, and the Princess of Pirate. So apparently, she's not going to have a. a prin- so it's what it sounds like, though, because it was what they've been doing in fairly recent He Man. Well, I guess the, the He Man um, comics or and or the crossovers they've been doing. So Adam doesn't have a secret identity anymore because that kind of came out fairly recently. So mm-hmm. I guess they're going down that road with this book. I mean, with this uh, with the show. Okay, interesting. Or maybe that's something in the book because I know she is also in those He-Man books, um, and I don't know if that's actually already happened or tied to it or not. Regardless, it's a thing. Um, November sixteenth, that is when this show airs, and I hear I've heard good things about uh, what people saw from the trailer and things coming out of the panels, or things coming out of you know. NYCC so far. I'm pretty sure there's going to be another panel or two before the weekend is out. Mm-hmm. Now we go to the comic book news. We transition to the comic book news. Yeah, Mr. Smooth Jazz. Sean Murphy returns with Batman Curse of the White Knight. So this is a sequel to Sean Murphy's Batman White Knight um, where the identities, uh, well, the identities that the Joker and the Batman take on are are, are reversed, which actually brings back the allusion to the Daredevil season uh, that I was kind of going for. But yes, uh, and I will say again, like the, um, we did not know the name of the the sequel to this, which we now know is Curse of the White Knight. And like I said, I enjoyed the first series. You should you should check it out for for a new spin. Yeah, I gotta uh, catch up, even if it isn't. Uh, Potentially an Elseworlds thing. And also, I think we also found out that... Uh, actually, that might be the next one. Or no. Uh, never mind. Yeah, because the, um, the first... The first... Um, the first uh, Black Man, Batman White Knight was also put on DC uh, Black Label. Practically. Mm. So, the, I didn't put it in there, but that was in this article. So, that's something. Which I'm kind of surprised it, was, it wasn't there in the first place. But I think that came out before this happened. So... Nevertheless, next up, um, Batman Damned would not be reprinted. Next issue pushed back. So we kind of had already talked about this when Batman the Damned came out, where, where we did not know that they were not going to be reprinted because they want, you know, I guess they're, they're, the, the, the market is, is I'm not going to say the market is spoken because I guess those books are going to be worth something now that the, the Batwing has shown itself, yeah. you know, in limited quantities. Mm-hmm. And would not be reprinted, and they were already um, uh, uh, digitally took that stuff out, or they had already done it anyway. So yeah, so DC also adjusted the release date of Batman Damn number two, pushing about two weeks to December fifth. You kind of wonder if there was more Batwang that was going to be in it, and they just said, "Oh, we're just going to go ahead and take this out right now." That's why we're pushing it. That is me speculation, speculating. 
Um, Quite possible. Yeah, but I I can't imagine why they would they would uh push it back. Uh, this article also says that they have announced that Batman number three is going to be pushed three months and until March thirteenth. Right. I mean, these were not going to come out on a monthly basis. They were already going to come out not quarterly, but definitely now. They're, it seems like they're going to be quarterly. Yeah, you would think like bi-monthly or something. Right. Or, definitely something on a slower schedule. So, all right. So. Next up. Uh, DC's newest Walmart Swamp Thing adventure features a story by none other than Brian Azzarello and Greg Capullo. Uh, yeah, if you haven't been keeping up, DC's been doing these 100-page giant-sized uh, jobbies and putting them in Walmart. There's like a good, what, six is what, three issues each or something? No, there's like there's like four different ones. There's like at this point, like two or three of each one now, there's a bunch of them. If you go to your local Walmart, you'll find out. So now they're starting another one and just in time for Halloween, it's Swamp Swamp Thing related. Um, I don't know if it says when this is going to come out, though. Which I'm assuming is going to be soon because, you know, Halloween's at the end of this month. Okay, so it says Swamp Thing Halloween Horror Special one-shot that will be available sometime this month. DC says that the book begins shipping Thursday. Okay, so... I guess today. All right. Uh, next up. Oh, no, no, you're up next. Yes. Uh, Young Justice returns in Brian Michael Bendis' Wonder Comics imprint. <sighs> now, as a fan of Young Justice, the TV show, and they, you know, and I've read a couple, a couple of comics here, but I am slightly happy about this. Not happy about Bendis writing this. I'm going to go ahead and say that. Uh, well, let me phrase that. Hold on, let me see. Let me see. Is he actually writing this, or this is, is on his imprint? So yeah, so Bendis took to Twitter saying that he announced that um, uh, Young Justice is going to be um, yeah, his new imprint called Wonder Comics, which I'm pretty sure some of his stuff is going to be there too. Uh, the line will be curated by Bendis himself, featuring in continuity storylines and aimed primarily at a teen audience. The flagship title, Young Justice Making His Return, starring Bart Allen as Impulse, Connor Kent as Superboy, and Tim Drake as Robin. Bendis will write the book, so darn it, with art from his Action Comics partner, Patrick Gleason. It might be all right. I don't know. Young Justice, yay. Bendis. (sighs) His, His history with teen books is not great. Personally, and I say that as who's read his Avengers. Actually, I shouldn't say that because there was some decent things about his Avengers run with who he had in it, much less, no, not necessarily how he wrote it, but let's put it that way. Anyway, that is the thing that is coming. Uh, no word on when. Hmm. Oh, it looks like there's some other stuff that's going to be on his imprint. See, Naomi will be co-written by Bendis and David Walker. David Walker, so that's dope. Uh, with art by Jamal Campbell, so that's also cool. Wonder Twins is going to have a book written by Snagapus and Flintstones scribe Mark Russell, so it's going to be political. Uh, that is me editorializing. Justice League Power Rangers veteran Stephen Byrne, oh, drawn by Stephen Byrne, who who yeah, who drew uh, Justice League Power Rangers. Dow H for Heroes is coming back. Um, written by Sam Humphreys of Harley Quinn and Green Lantern's fame with Joe Keone's. Because, as a matter of fact, I think I just saw that earlier today uh, that they were doing that. I think uh, one of them had tweeted about it. 
uh, let's see. And it says the book itself is described as an updated t- take on Silver Age classic series. So yeah, those are going to be. Um, excuse me, those are going to be the on the slate for this new imprint. It says um, later this year, later excuse me, early next year. So yeah, okay. So we won't see this until 2019. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 Digital Comics will introduce a new cast of characters. Yay! For fans <laughs> of Call of Duty. And all right. I don't think there are any on this panel. Um, but yeah, so there are three new characters going to be in this digital comic and Black Ops 4 is going to come out October 12th. Who cares? <sighs> Goosebumps creator R.L. Stein takes Boom Studios just beyond. So there's going to be <clears throat> an original graphic novel series um, in the, the vein of Goosebumps by the creator of Goosebumps. And I suppose that's coming out soon. Because once again, Halloween. And it's called Just Beyond the Scare School is the first original graphic novel in the series three oh excuse me, in the series, commas are important, folks. Three twelve year olds in strangely old fashioned clothing have appeared in modern times, creeping through the empty house of Scare Middle School. It's a terrible name for a high school, I mean for a school. Trying to escape a cyborg creature called the Drog before they are dragged back into somewhere just beyond. So now three modern-day students uh, are drawn into this terrifying mystery as to why the school doesn't feel like the worst place ever. Doesn't just feel like the worst place ever. It might literally be the worst place imaginable. So if you've got kids who like school puns, or if you're an older person who likes, who remembers Goosebumps and likes it, this might be something up your alley. Okay. Next up, Dynamite delivers The Shape of Elvira. This is in January. So Dynamite Entertainment announced... Today, that Elvira is going to return this winter for a new four-part miniseries by writer David Avalone and artist Fran Strukan that will have movie fans reeling. Okay. And if you know anything about um, Elvira, you know that she actually she actively does have a shape. But we won't get into that. <laughs> yes. Uh, next up, and don't call it a comeback, and I don't know what the call is. Uh, uh, Toys R Us could be making a comeback. So apparently, you know, we talked about this a few months ago where they that all of the stores died. Um, in fact, I still walk, uh, uh, drive past the shell of uh, the, the show store nearest me and just mm-hmm. reminisce. So, but apparently, according to the Wall Street Journal, Toys R Us has opted to cancel its previously announced bankruptcy bankruptcy auction, which uh, would have seen both the brand name and other intellectual property goes up for sale. Um, Again, it's been four months since this happened, so this is weird that they did that. And in the wake of uh, Telltale, which I didn't have this in the noon, but I guess it was kind of tangentially... Related, Telltale had a bunch of uh, layoffs, uh, and they're still trying to get uh, some people to finish up their last set of uh, Walking Dead uh, games. So, if you don't know, Telltale Games is a video game company. They did those Walking, uh, the, they did like Walking Game and a whole bunch of other, uh, like Batman, the Guardians of the Galaxy games, where you, they're basically you know st- stories where they're branching or where there's uh, basically stories where where, where choices you can make and that kind of stuff. Good stuff, and they're episodic. That went out of the business. The reason why I bring it up in this case is because I first read this and I was like, wait, so do you mean to tell me they close all their stores so they can give it all these people so they can hire other people, more people back? Which, that's a kind of a stretch in this case. 
because, like I said, the, the Telltale fired a bunch of people, and now they need a bunch of other people. And there's also some things uh, high up that happened that looks bad on Telltale. And I, and I was thinking whether that has something to do with what's going on here. I don't think so, because, you know, Toys R Us was having a bad time of it because, you know, brick and mortar stores are kind of you know, being taken out by Amazon and, and places. So I don't know. This is a weird one. Like, they just basically said, nope, we're back. Mm-hmm. Oh, and they after killing all of their stores, this is just a weird, weird thing. It's weird simply because the calculus that's involved in this makes no sense. Exactly. You know, if they could have done a, 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 a restructuring where some of the stores stayed open would have made so much more sense. There would have been a constant for, uh, stream of, uh, of, of income. Right, that whole time. I'm thinking it's not the same as the Telltale thing because only that's that's two totally different. Things, but it's just kind of it was just kind of weird to, to right. for this to happen like it does. Alrighty, next up, uh, the rumor is that Rocksteady's working on a Justice League video game, and it's not Superman; it's Justice League as as a whole. Yes. So yeah, this is again a Reddit rumor, and I don't I don't know whether to believe it or not. So, um, there could be. So yeah, we did know about the Superman. The rumored Superman um, game that Rocksteady, makers of the Arkham Asylum games from Batman, you know, mm-hmm. that uh, many, many uh, an, an other game, including the recent Spider-Man game, has taken this combat from. Uh, so, yeah. So, oh, I'm sorry. This this came off of 4chan, which is even less. <laughs> that's even worse. Um because the the description here just basically sounds like any like it sounds like a, a, a just a game that happened that was like from back in the day. So let me see if it's a and it actually sounds like pretty much any game that's out there now. So it says that the anonymous post also noted. Uh, basically, it said that it's a game where you'll be you'll be switching between characters and they'll have DLC and you have a all of the characters of the Justice League and they'll have different locations like Metropolis, Gotham, and Keystone, and And each one will, you know, each one will take place in early in the career, which again, there was a game, I wish I can't remember because it's not Task Force, but there was a Justice League game that you could, that you basically played as like Superman, Wonder Woman, Mm -hmm. uh, Batman, that was kind of similar to this. So, I don't know if they were rehashing that. And granted, that was a long time ago and the game wasn't great, but still, like, this just sounded like that, but just with more DLC and whatever else. We don't know. Again, it's a rumor at this point. I would like to see what Rocksteady would, see what Rocksteady would do with a with um, something outside of Batman. So if they could do what they did for Batman, that would be awesome. If, if, if this ends up being true, which we don't know. Mm-hmm. So next up... Is that you? It's me. Marvel you. Comics, huh? It's you. Marvel Comics presents Anthology relaunching in 2019. So guess what, folks? Um, Marvel Comics presents is coming back. They're there. I would love to be on the meeting with, a while ago where they said, you know what? We're just going to bring back a whole bunch of old books. We're, we're bringing back the 90s. All of this. All of this. We're, we're, we're going to... We're bringing it out a whole new door. Yes, if you could know that reference. Yeah, great. Um, so, yeah, apparently Marvel is celebrating its 80th anniversary in 2019 with the return of Marvel Comics Presents. The anthology will feature three separate stories from Wolverine, Captain America, and Namor. 
Wolverines will take place in the 40s with Captain America's story choosing present day and Namor's will start in an untold story featuring an atom bomb. Which mm. I feel like they've done that before. Uh, the list of creators attached to Marvel Comics creators includes Charles Soule, Greg Pak, and Nocenti, Tom Coker, and Paolo Sicaria. The first issue, the cover of the first issue is illustrated by Art Adams. Okay. Um, and it says January 19th is when that's going to start. So look out for that. Alrighty. Next nope. up. Man. What's that? No word on Forbush, man. Oh, no. By the power of Grayskull, he has the power. So apparently there is uh, a picture that Roddy has put up on the screen for those of you watching on uh, on YouTube and uh, and cl- the Click Nation forward slash live of a cosplayer who's got a very good take on He-Man. Yeah. Like, so this is a brother with an afro, but everything else is... Um... Everything else is like, that's a problem with last weekend's Baltimore Comic Con. Exactly. So, you know, and this just came out actually today, I think. Um, but yeah, this is a cosplay. I, I, with the funny part about this, the other reason why I brought this up because I was like, okay, we, we do know friends of the show and uh, CSPN founder uh, Classic Material has been doing some cosplay. And I was like, could this be classic? No, it's not. Not yet. Not yet. Shout out to Classic Materia. Absolutely. You were right there with me. Um, last but not least. Okay, folks. Hold on. I need to put this. I need to do this tweet out real quick. So, um, as a matter of fact, I got a little show and tell after this one. Uh, it's part of the story. This is actually part of the story. Um, where did I put that freaking link? I'm sorry, folks. It's okay. My podcasting. Um, so, I'm going to put this out on Twitter. And I am going to say that the Transformers trading card game has been released. It was released on September 28th. Reviews are out there and all that kind of good mess. Um, on the, 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 the Hasbro site, there is there are a number of videos that will show you how to play said game. So if you didn't know, Transformers, the trading card game, is the new game from uh, Wizards of the Coast. Uh, with the Transformers license, it seems to play a little bit like Pokemon and Magic the Gathering because it's Wizards, of course, and they own Magic Group Gathering. So this is a thing. The reason why I bring this these videos up is because one, if you're interested, you might want to check these out. But two, as it says here, Optimus Prime and Megatron talk to you about how to play the Transformers TCG in the series. And you got to listen to this because there is some funny ass dialogue in these videos. Hopefully it'll play. Is it for Welker and... It is time to start playing. It is. Not let us down. When playing the full game, each player will use characters that total 25 or fewer stars. They will support those characters with a deck of 40 or more battle cards. When using the Autobot starter set, each player takes two character cards, placing them face up in alt mode. Ah, Autobots again? Deal each player 20 battle cards. Shuffle your cards, placing them face down in front of you. Position the damage counters where both players can reach them. Finally, we will decide who goes first by using a human custom called Rock, Paper, Scissors. <laughs> Settled. I will go first. I was defeated with paper? Indeed. 
at the beginning. So of anyway, the you you get you get the you get the point. There was there's a somewhere in in the next minute to Megatron, the, the voice of Megatron, who I don't think is not Frank Welker. No, it's not. I believe it sounds like the same guy who played uh, Dinobot in Beast Wars. It sounds just it sounds like him. Uh, but nevertheless, like I so said, there's some pretty good dialogue. If, if for anything else, you should check out some of these videos. because the, So there's like four of them, five of them, but four of them are the ones that take you out of play, and then there's just another one. That, But yeah, so as you've heard, that is the voice of Optimus Prime. Um, uh, what is it? Is it Colin? Colin Prime, right? What's up? I keep, getting fuck, I keep getting them to mix up. So it's a worker that does Megatron and yes. Colin yes. that does um, awesome. um so that does sound like Peter Cullen. Not not sure if that is, if it's not him. That sounds like a pretty damn good. That sound, that's a pretty good sound like. Yep, it's a very uh, good sound like it's not him. Right. So, but the Megatron obviously is not Frank Walker, and I believe I do still want to say it might be the dude who play, uh, who voiced Dinobot in Beast Wars. I don't know, but regardless, go check that out um, if you're interested in that trading card game and. In relation to that, folks, I have a little show and tell here real quick as we round out the show. Um, I have been anticipating this, but as I told uh, Agent 70 before the show, I had actually forgot this came out until I started seeing the stuff uh, Mm -hmm. rolling about. So, in my anticipation of as soon as I found out these were in stores, I got a bunch of packs. And in fact, I got four booster packs sitting right here if you're watching the video, if you're not watching the video. And I also got the starter set which was upside down. Thank you very much. So the starter set is basically a two-set player set that has um, four player cards, well, four character cards and a bunch of, uh, and a, and a bunch of cards for to, um, to use for playing. So you can use this for two players or you can use it for a one deck and crush your opponent. I did not open this as of, as of yet. Maybe I'll do another video later on and, and open this up. But I just wanted to show that the fact that it is, is a thing, and yes, it's $14.99, it depending on where you go. It's a good, uh, it's a decent price for a start, you know? Yes. I have seen with it upwards of like 20 In fact, I think I've seen this on like Amazon for like 20 But, okay. you know, beware. If you can find a, a card shop, like a uh, the place that sells Magic: The Gathering cards, or or maybe some comic shops do it. I don't know. Mine doesn't. Uh, that sells that sells cards. You may want to check it out later. They may have it for a list price. If you're again, if you are interested, the guy was trying to tell me though of another because I know there's another expansion coming out fairly soon. That that's Metroplex, and there was another one he was trying to tell me about, but I have no idea what what he was saying because I was loopy because I was tired. But nevertheless, like I said, this this set has everything you need to start a game if you want to play with with with, uh, with a couple of folks or just start your deck out. Um, and of course, like I said, the site has, um, the site has videos. What I'm actually going to do really, 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 really quick is open up a set of booster cards. So, uh, that's for, that's 15 bucks. These booster cards are, at least I found them at my shop for $4 a piece. And I think you get seven cards, let's say. Let's say yes, because I believe it is. In fact, I could just go ahead and open this up. But so you open up a pack. Uh, it comes like this. Oh, that's nothing. That's absolutely nothing. So I got a Jetfire card. Okay. So so the character cards are basically go like this. You have your vehicle mode. You have your um, robot mode. And you start when you start the game. You start with uh, in I believe you start in, in vehicle mode. Because you gotta get to the get to the place where the battle is. 
<laughs> yes, yes, you have to get to the battle like you said earlier. And then of course you got these other cards, which are which will um, you know, you, you uh you make your deck out with, and they have different uh, functions and that. And again, those videos go through. Um, and here's the back of the cards. So, so there you go. Nice. But anyway, like I said, there will I will there will probably be there may or may not be another video on this at some time from me on that later on because in, in the time I won't bore everybody who probably doesn't care about that with this. Yeah, but it's nice to have a variety, and it's definitely something different than what we're used to having. So, and, well, yeah, this could go under the realm of toy corner. Yep. Because so, I plan on collecting a bunch of these. Nice. And as and um. Wow, well, that doesn't need to, to go. Oh, nice. Shout out to Ed Piscor. Anyway, um, before we end up the show, I believe we have another ad read. And you mute it, but yeah. You mute it. You mute it. <laughs> I thought I turned it off because I was going between windows. Uh, oh. No special voice here. I I don't have any uh, inspiration for a special voice. Although I I was just on IMDb trying to figure out who was do who did the Eeyore voice in the Christopher Robin movie. Yes, and it wasn't Peter Cullen. It was actually Brad Garrett. So I'm kind of I I, I don't know if I have an Eeyore in me right now. This ad is kind of a Eeyore, so yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, this ad is for Wink. <laughs> Wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door from Rose to Cabernet to Toronto. Wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover. Ever try an orange wine? Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member and you can skip or cancel anytime because bad things happen. And now the listeners of the click nations, comic book chronicles can enjoy <laughs> an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c. Wink wines through CSPN. Do it today. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man. Which actually, that's, that's kind of almost perfect because Eeyore does probably need a drink. I don't know. <laughs> 
And the last one actually needs a drink. We don't know. It's so. But, I was gonna say it's so funny that like I was I was having so much trouble coming up with ideas to do voices, and I'm like, wait, it just kind of popped up at random. Sure. Right. Yeah. You, you gotta you gotta know your audience. Um, so while he was doing that, I was opening up another pack and laughing my ass off and opening up another pack of these Transformer cards. So I'm just gonna show these real quick. Got a Starscream. Megatron. Yeah. Sadly, no. Sadly, no. What did I say? Didn't he die? What's the Starscream? I can't remember. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. And got some more. Uh, got some more card. Uh, some more booster cards. Nice. So yeah. I'll again. I'll be, be be messing with that a little bit later. I don't have anybody to play with, but you know, whatever. I, I know some people are, I will be meeting up with them at some point. I'm sure. Regardless of that, all right, folks, we have come to another the end of another exciting episode of this here comic book chronicles. Uh, we thank you each and every one of you for coming out. We actually finished. Well, that's normal. Never mind. Um, next week we should probably have more NYCC stuff and no. It's uh, more tales from tales from the field from uh, Agent Seventy. Yes, sir. And whatever else comes out of that, news-wise, uh, that I'm sure surprisingly is. Well, I don't know. Maybe I missed something, but I'm surprised it's not as much as what I th- uh, thought it was going to be before now. But there's some spring news coming out, and it is only the first day as the time of this recording. So therefore, um, Agent Underscore Seventy on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> PC and underscore dirt pop culture. Yes. Pop culture net pop culture network.com. I need comics.com for PC and underscore dirt for Tim dead 98 living it up. Uh, Tim D O G G nine eight V K L I Q N E T I O N and C B cron on Twitter and uh, the clicknation.com. Also, go check him out on um, CBR Comic Book Resources, where he's out there writing about the stuff that he's um, that he's alluded seeing uh, from his TV shows and whatnot. Mister Hobnob over there. Yep. Um, and myself, Radicat R D D Y K A T on Twitter and News Nurse Need on Twitter. Also, CB Caps on Instagram, and of course, there's the News Nerds Need Reddit. Not toxic, hopefully. Um, I try to keep it clean over there. It's, it's all good. Good stuff. Go check it out. You know, hopefully, site coming fairly soon. I keep saying that. Nevertheless, podcasts, you can find us on Google Play and Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah. And, uh, the CSPN Network, the CSPN.us. Go over there and check us out. Uh, on that site, along with a bunch of other pies, and you, know, you can also check out these Coast Leathers SoundCloud link, uh, excuse me, SoundCloud page to find us and other podcasts in uh, audio form. And the last but not least, shop.cspn.us, where you can get merch from this here uh, show and other shows on the CSPN network. But you know, you, you love us, so get, get some um, Cumber Chronicle swag. Rock a mug with our, with our logo on it. There you go. Even, you know, got some nice stuff over there. And that is it, folks. Next week, same bat time, same bat channel. As I will play ourselves out. Do you have something to play? Or okay, cool. Well, this is the Clinton's Combo Chronicles, and we are out. We peace to give you what you need. Get live, motherfucker, motherfucker. Get live, 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 motherfucker. Get live,
what's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue in my mind, words well. Pop up this room.